This is a series on the Catechism of the Global Methodist Church. The Catechism is participating in a long heritage of adults asking children questions that they're supposed to have memorized, and the point is not just to fill our brains up with stuff, but to teach true and life-giving things about the divine. Uh, I've got a copy right here of the Global Methodist Catechism right here. It's got a longer title than that, but um, Susanna and I are going to start on the third question today. If you haven't met Susanna before, this is Susanna. Hey, Susanna, how are you? Hello. I'm good. Yeah? Are you ready to learn a little bit more today? Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to be talking about the Trinity. Have you ever heard of the Trinity? Yes. Okay. What What would your definition of the Trinity be right now? Father, Son, and Holy Ghost together. Okay, that's not a bad definition at all. Um, before we get into question three, let's do a quiz with the first two questions that we've already learned. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you believe in God? Yes, I believe in God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all, all that is seen and unseen. Okay, not bad at all, Susie. Who is God? God is the one true, holy, and living God, e- the eternal spirit, the holy trinity. That was perfect. Very good job. All right, we're going to build on top of that foundation now. Um, by the way, if uh, y'all don't have a book like this, Seedbed sells it. So just type in Seedbed Catechism, and the internet should take you to where you can order these and bigger editions as well, more detailed editions. Um, you'll see, this is pretty basic here. I don't know how, it's probably not going to focus on that, but, um, this is a helpful thing to have. You can also find it for free online at the globalmethodist.org website. They have a PDF version. So consider, uh, checking that out and following along with us. Uh, we're going to cover the question and answer, and then Susie is also going to help me read over the scriptural citations and the basis for this. So, The question, Susanna, is, what is the mystery of the Trinity? So, um, do you know what a mystery is? Something you need to find out. Is it obvious what a mystery is? Like, can you tell what a mystery is? (sighs) A mystery is sort of like a secret. Okay, so it's not obvious. It's hidden, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the mystery of the Trinity. As you look around the world with just your eyes, if you didn't have the Bible, would you know that there is one God with three persons? No. No, that's not self-evident. So that's something that we only know about because the Bible tell us, tells us about it. We're going to read some scriptures. But before uh, we do, go ahead. Um, All people would know it unless wouldn't know it unless God spoke to them. Right, exactly. Yeah. So we'll we'll talk about how God has spoken and things he's told us about the Trinity. But in the meantime, uh, why don't we read the actual answer? So I'll ask the question again, and then you read the answer. What is the mystery of the Trinity? God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Dis, dis, distinct. Distinct, but inspirable. Inseparable. Inseparable eternally one in essence and power. Not bad, Susanna. Okay, but there were a couple words in there that you didn't know. Mm -hmm. Distinct and inseparable. Okay, so do you have, you probably have no idea what distinct means, huh? 
distinct. No. Okay. Let's look at, I stole this off the internet. Can you see this picture right here? Mm-hmm. So what's at the very top there? Father. And to the right? Spirit. To the left? Son. Okay. And together those are? God. Yeah. That's the word we have for Trinity. Uh, or uh, Godhead is in the center, and then Trinity is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. They are uh, all three distinct. That means you can see a difference between the three of them, can't you? Mm-hmm. But also inseparable. They cannot be separated. That's what inseparable means. So that's the Trinity. Yeah, that's exactly right. And you'll see there that um, on the outside circle, it says the Father is not the Spirit and is not the Son, right? Do you see on the outside Mm -hmm. where it says is not? But then there are lines from each to God, and so the Father is God, the Son is God, the Spirit is God. That's the mystery of the Trinity. That's kind of a weird concept, right? Mm-hmm. What's, um, does three equal one? No. No, you're learning your math, right? And so mm-hmm. in order for, what's one plus one plus one? Three. Yeah, except for when we're talking about Trinity, mm-hmm. when it's three in one. There are three persons in one God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah, very good. So there are... Um, the word Trinity is actually not in the Bible at all, but the Trinity is all over the Bible, and there are some places where it's quite um, explicit that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are all God. And so we're going to look at some of those scriptures. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Did you have something to say before that? I was just confused because it says they're not the Trinity, but it says it lots of times in the Bible. Yeah, so... The word Trinity isn't in the Bible, but each of these scriptures that we're going to read has the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit all together, all worthy of worship. Is there anyone worthy of worship who is not God? No. Okay, so the fact that the Bible is directing us to worship the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, all in the same breath, we're going to have just one, two, three verses at a time, and they're going to talk about how the Father, Son, and Spirit are all related. They're all distinct. That means not exactly the same one, but they're all inseparable. So again, just as a reminder, the language here was God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Distinct, that means they're not, the Father is not the Son or the Spirit. The Spirit's not the Son or the Father. They're distinct but inseparable eternally one in essence and power. Do you remember what eternal means? Never ending. Yeah. Go ahead. What does essence mean? Ooh, an essence is one's nature or substance. So um, Jesus says that we are like salt, right? And salt has a taste. It's called saltiness. The Mm -hmm. essence of salt is saltiness. There is an essence to you and me there's an essence to God. It's that that is the defining characteristic. So if salt, if God were a um, a seasoning, whatever that flavor is, is his essence. Okay. Godliness would okay. be his essence. Okay. okay. I did a good job with that. I feel good about that. And you know what power is, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Excellent. Well, let's look at our scripture readings. The very first one is Luke chapter 3, verses 21 through 22. Why don't you read that to us? 
Now when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heaven was opened and the Holy Ghost descended on a bodily shape like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved Son, in thee I am well pleased. Okay, very decent. Uh, Put this in your own words. What happened in this portion right here? Uh, St. John, wasn't it John? John the Baptist. John the Baptist was baptizing people Mm -hmm. and bringing them to God. And he also baptized Jesus. And when Jesus rose up out of the water, the, the heavens opened up and the Holy Spirit came upon him and God said, I am pleased with you. You are my son. Okay, good. Not a bad job at all. So is uh, the father in this reading at all? Yes. Okay. What did he do in this reading? He told Jesus that he was his son. Okay, good. And then is the Holy Spirit in this story at all? Yes. He came upon Jesus. Okay. Like a dove. Yeah. And is the son in this story at all? Yes, he is Jesus. Okay. So all three persons of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, are in this story, but is the Father the Son in this story? No. No, Jesus, the Son, was down here on earth getting baptized or praying after he was baptized. The Father was up in heaven speaking, claiming him as his Son, uh, who he had already, he was his Son from the beginning of creation. And then was the Holy Spirit the Father? No. No, no, the Father stayed up in heaven. The Holy Spirit came down. The, the heavens were rended open, uh, torn open, opened up, and the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus. Do you think that was an incredible thing to see? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so from this reading, we get that the Father is not the Son or the Spirit. All three are distinct but united in essence and power, right? Uh, and I remember a story... Um. Similar to that, where the disciples, Jesus' disciples, started praying to God in this big room, and the Holy Spirit came upon them like uh, flames. Do you remember what that day was called? At Pentecost. There it was, Pentecost. That's when the Holy Spirit came upon them, right? So the Holy Spirit, He's still around today. He's the one who's with us. Where are the Father and the Son? Mm-hmm. Where, Where is God enthroned? Heaven. Yeah, in heaven above, in the highest heavens. And where is Jesus? At his right hand. There it is. Okay, they're they're both up in heaven right now, but it's the Holy Spirit who's with us. So do you think it, the Holy Spirit is important? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Well, why don't you read us another scripture about the Trinity? But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you. From, whom? Whom I will send unto you. Whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth, from the Father, he shall testify of me. Can you tell who's talking right there? Where did 
where did Jesus? Yeah, it's from Jesus. This is from the Gospel of John, and the Gospels are about Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. So Jesus is talking about the Comforter. Do you know who the Comforter is? The Lord. Well, the Lord. Lord just means boss. Do you think he's talking about the Father? Whenever he says even, that's kind of, you see that even in the middle? Mm -hmm. That's a way of saying it's the same person. So who comes after that word even? The spirit. The spirit of truth. Is the spirit of truth the Holy Spirit? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he is. So when the comforter has come, the the Greek word is paraklete. That's comforter or advocate. Whenever he comes, he will uh, be the spirit of truth. And who does he come from? It says it in the reading here. He comes from the comforter. The comforter comes from who? God. Oh, yeah, from the Father. See, which proceedeth from the Father. Do you see that? Yeah. Okay. So the comforter, the Holy Spirit, he comes from the Father but who who also sends him? But when the Comforter is come, whom? I will send. I. I. Who uh, is I there? Uh, Jesus. Jesus. So this is why whenever we say the Nicene Creed, or the uh, that we say that the, the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and from the Son. So this is an important thing. The Holy Spirit is sent by the Father and by the Son, and He is the Spirit of Truth. Does all that fit together for you? Mm-hmm. Anything else from this reading that we should make sure to talk about? And shall testify of me. Sounds familiar from the what did justification and sanctification mean? Yeah. Justification means our gradual. No, not gradual. Uh, justification means our declared, declared righteousness before God. Yeah, yeah. Also testify. So scripturally, yeah, testify means to proclaim or argue or say the truth about. So he's the mm-hmm. spirit of truth. He's also the comforter. Okay, so if you have the Holy Spirit, you should receive comfort from the Lord mm-hmm. in the truth. And the truth is that you, Susanna, are a child of God, that the Holy Spirit should bear witness with your spirit that you are a child of God, that God loves you, that He's adopted you, that uh, He's going to take care of you for eternity. Nobody can take you from His hand. All of this is what the Holy Spirit testifies to you about God. So He shall testify about, well, in this case, it's Jesus, right? What's the good news about Jesus? He's the comforter, and He has come. Well, the Holy Spirit is the comforter. Look at here what he says. This is Jesus. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you. Oh, okay. So he's saying, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. He is your Comforter. He's going to comfort you. He's the Spirit of truth, and he will testify of me. What is the Holy Spirit telling us about Jesus? So I'm, I'm going to pull on this other catechism that we have. This is what you can do with catechisms. You can ask another question that prompts them into what they already know. What is faith in Jesus Christ? 
receiving and resting on him alone for salvation as he is offered to us in the gospel. Okay, so does Jesus save you? Is he salvation? Mm-hmm. Okay, so the Holy Spirit witnesses to your spirit that Christ Jesus' blood applied to your heart saves you from all sins and adopts you into God's family. Is that good news? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, that's easy. All right, let's go on to the next reading. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth forth this, which ye now see and hear. Okay, so does this talk about the Father at all? Yes. Okay, tell tell me about that. What does it say about the Father? Having received of the Father the promise... Of the Holy Ghost. Okay, let's start at the top. Does it talk about God the Father? It calls him God up there. It talks about someone being at the right hand of God. Who's at the right hand of God? Jesus Christ. Okay, so um, it talks about Father, the Father in the highest heavens, and then Jesus being exalted. Do you remember what exalted means? Lifted up. Very good. Yeah, so Jesus was exalted. He ascended into heaven, right? Mm -hmm. Jesus was exalted, and he sits at the right hand. He's received power from who? God. Yeah, the Father. Having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost. Or wait, is that talking to us? Are we the ones that have received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost? I think I read that wrong, didn't I? Yeah, we're the ones who've received the promise of the Holy Ghost. He hath shed forth this which ye now see and hear. Oh, and this is on that special day, isn't it? This is Acts chapter 2. What was that special day when God shed the Holy Spirit on the people? Um, on all flesh? Wasn't it the day Jesus was nailed to the cross? No, no. Apparently we have things to get clear on. No, Jesus, during his whole ministry, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was... He was um, um, conceived by the Holy Spirit and his mother, uh, Mary, and then he received the Holy Spirit in a, in a different way at his baptism, which we read about, right? And then he also um, gave the power of the Spirit to his apostles, who healed in his name and prophesied in his name. But on the day of Pentecost, that's when the Holy Spirit fulfilled the prophecy of Joel and came upon all flesh, so that's oh. the day that it's talking about here. Okay. Yeah. So like... the 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 Father had promised that He would send the Holy Ghost, and He has shed forth the Holy Ghost. That means He's poured Him out on His people, which now everybody then and there could see. So it was a big deal. But it doesn't mean everyone's going to be saved on the day of resurrection. That's right. That's right. So our tradition says that God's Holy Spirit and His promise uh, is available to all people, that Christ died for all people, that all people can have the witness of the Holy Spirit, but many choose not to for one reason or another. That's a mystery that we really Mm -hmm. don't know. But here, yes, it's saying that God's Holy Spirit was poured out on all the flesh of those who were seeking Him. They were in an upper room praying for many days straight, and on the day of Pentecost, it said it came like a rushing mighty wind, right? We've read that story before. So in it's this one, say that again? It's been a while. Right, yeah, We well, maybe we need to read it again. Um, so 
in this story, in this reading, did we have the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it just doesn't say all three are distinct but inseparable. They're a part of the exact same essence and it's not power. What was what was It was power, wasn't it? No. Same essence and oh it was power. Okay, you're right, I'm wrong. That happens sometimes, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. All right. Maybe. Let's um let's go on to the next reading. Can you do this one from Romans? It's a long one, but I can. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him that raised Jesus up Jesus from the dead dwell in you he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you do you remember what quicken means Mm-mm. means make alive so whenever a, a baby moves uh, in a mama's belly for the first time that the mama can feel it's called the quickening because that's when it's like the baby, the baby's been alive the whole time, but that's when you really know it is alive. And so, whenever it's talking about um, Christ, who was raised from the dead, shall also quicken our mortal bodies. That means that you know our bodies that we have right now. Do they die? Yes. Yeah. So when the resurrection happens, Christ is going to resurrect our bodies in the same way that his body was resurrected. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is all normal, but it's by the power of his spirit. Do you see that? It's by his spirit that dwelleth in you. That was at the very bottom. Do you see it? Yes. Okay, so let's let's go through this passage and see if it talks about God at all. Uh, I'll read this again the second time. But ye, who's ye here? You. It's us. Yeah, he's, he's talking to us. This is Paul writing to the church in Rome. Ye are not of the flesh, but in the Spirit. So right there, that's the Holy Spirit, right? The third person of the Trinity. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm talking about? Okay. Uh, you're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. So do all people automatically have the Holy Spirit? Mm-mm. No, God has to shed it abroad in their hearts, mm-hmm. that this is what comes through faith. Okay. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, are there people who don't have the Spirit of Christ? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a ton. Okay. Then he is none of his. That's to say that they are not part of God's family. Okay. And if Christ be in you, so here we have talk of the, the Spirit and of Christ. If Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. So this is making clear how it is that that true life, that we have abundant life in us, it's only if Christ is in us. So if people don't have Christ, even though their bodies are moving, their spirits are dead. Does that make sense? All right. Um, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus, who, who raised up Jesus? God. The Father. Okay, so again, we have the Holy Trinity here. We've had talk about Christ, that's the Son, the Spirit, that's the third person of the Trinity, And now, God, if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead 
that's again God the Father, shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. Is that good news? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the promise of the resurrection, that's, isn't it? That's what the Gospels mean, good news. Very good. Yes, that's true. The word gospel does mean good news. Okay, are you ready to do the next reading now? Mm-hmm. Okay. This one is short. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. Where is that from? 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. Okay, that, that one was pretty short, you said. Um, is the Trinity in that one? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, that's, that's pretty straightforward, isn't it? The first line is the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, what does Lord mean? Boss. Okay, and do you remember what grace is? The unmerited free gift from God. Okay, yeah, so unmerited means you don't deserve it, right? Mm-hmm, and you can't, and we can't pay Jesus back. Yeah, we can't it. ever pay for it. It's, it's priceless. Very good. Okay, so he's asking, he's, this is a blessing. The grace of the Lord, Jesus Christ, the, the free gift that you can't pay for, and the love of God, that would be the Father, right? Mm-hmm. The love of God the Father, and then the communion or fellowship of the Holy Ghost. Did you know that the Holy Spirit is what helps you be united with other believers around the world? I don't think I did. So if if the Holy Spirit is, there's not billions of Holy Spirits, there's but one Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And if everybody has the exact same Spirit, then that means that we all... Uh, have this true fellowship because you know how like if uh, if somebody knows the same person you do and you both love that person it's like mm-hmm. you two also can love each other mm-hmm. so that's how it is with the Holy Spirit so that communion of the Holy Ghost be with all of y'all that's what it's it's a blessing and then the Father Son and Holy Spirit are inseparable or they are distinct right. They're distinct. Mm-hmm. That means they're not the same as each other, but they're also inseparable. They're all a part of that same blessing. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's look at the next one then. Go ahead. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons, and because ye are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your heart, crying, Abba, Father. I think I've told you what Abba means before. Mm-hmm. What's it mean? Sort of like daddy, but the same as father. Yeah, very good. Very good. Father, okay. pa, papa, yeah. daddy, okay. all mean the same okay. thing. Okay, So when the fullness of time was come, God... Is that the Father, Son, and Holy, or Holy Spirit there? All three, the Trinity. Well, yeah, but in this, it's telling us God sent forth His Son. Oh, that was the Father. Very good. Father. And then the Son is Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law. We don't need to talk about that right now, I don't think. To redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. So what this is going to make clear is that we are adopted. You, you remember what adoption means? What mm-hmm. adoption is? What's adoption? When there, Usually when there's a child mm-hmm. and 
they don't have any parents, and then you take them and you and you you're like their stepmother, or stepfather. Okay, a step parent is someone who marries your your oh, actual okay. parent. Okay. So, but in a basic sense. When you adopt someone, you take someone that is not your child and you make them your child. Does that make sense? So all of us are born in sin, and God is not our Father. We are estranged or alienated from uh, our Father in heaven, or we're enemies of Him. And then by making peace by His blood, the blood of His Son on the cross, God makes it possible for us to be adopted. And it's by the power of the Holy Spirit. So, And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So the blood of the cross is applied to our hearts. We are woken up to repent of our sin and confess our sin. And then God sends his Holy Spirit to testify that we have then been adopted. So is the Father in this reading? Yes. Yeah. God sent his son and... Look at the bottom there. God hath sent forth the spirit of his son. So God is the sender. Where is God? In heaven. In the highest heavens. So he from the highest heavens sent forth his son in the fullness of time. Did that already happen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's what. Like a messenger. So, yeah, he came up with a holy message, the good news, yeah. Repent and believe in the gospel because the kingdom is at hand. So he, he already did that, and then he has now sent his spirit and his spirit tells us things, namely, that we have been adopted into God's holy family. Is that good news? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, let's see if there's another reading. There is. Could you read that to us? For, what word is that? Through. Okay, I couldn't figure it out. For through him we both have access. Yeah, good. Access by one spirit unto the Father. All right, this one's a little bit harder. This one is in a letter called Ephesians from Paul to this church in Ephesus, and he was talking about how Jews and Gentiles, Gentiles are just non-Jews, all humans, through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Who do you think him is? Who is it that gives all humans access to God the Father by the Spirit? Jesus. There it is. Okay, so Jesus is in this reading. Uh, the second person. Is God the Father in this? Yes. Yeah. So uh, he's in the very end here. We get Mm-mm. access to the Father. Are we up in the highest heavens right now? Mm-mm. No. And do you think that you could scream loud enough to be heard up in the highest heavens? Mm-mm. No. No, that's silly. So, how do our prayers get to the Father? Do we need to pray to the Father? Yes. Yeah. And the way that uh, our prayers come up to heaven, uh, the Holy Spirit is also a messenger. He takes our prayers and takes them up to God. That's very good. Yes. The Holy Spirit is the connecting, you know, when we're talking about the fellowship, the, the communion of the Holy Spirit what he does, many things. He, he gives us that testimony that we are adopted, but he also connects us to one another, and he connects us to uh, the Father by the Son. So, yeah, in this reading, through Jesus, 
we all have access by one Holy Spirit to the Father. So that's some more good news, isn't it? So par- partly what we're supposed to see here is that the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are all needed in order for us to be saved. So do you think someone can be saved without knowing who the Holy Spirit is? No. No, that, that was an easy answer, wasn't it? Do you think someone can be saved without knowing who Jesus is and what he did for us? No. Okay. Do you think anyone can be saved without knowing who God the Father is? No. Okay, very good. All right, one more reading. But after that, the kindness and love of God, our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration. Good. And renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Man, you got regeneration. That was great. That was good reading. I'm so proud of you. Okay, so was God the Father in this reading at all? Mm-hmm. Okay. By the love of God, the Father. Our... Yeah. And then Jesus comes right after mm-hmm. that. Where is Jesus mentioned? Our Savior. Our Savior. Very good. Yeah. Remember, what does Jesus' name mean? Savior. Yeah. So after that, the kindness and love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared. Did Jesus appear? Yeah. He. What What do we call that when Jesus came in the flesh? Christmas? Yeah. Well, that's the holiday where we celebrate. Where he, when he came to earth to be with us. When he t- took on flesh. What's mm-hmm. that word? Incarnation, remember? Uh-huh. Yeah, there you go. All right, so... I was about to say reincarnation. No, not reincarnation. Very good, yes. Yeah. So, uh, when he appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, he didn't come because we deserved it, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, but according to his mercy, God sent Jesus, not because we deserved it, but because he's merciful, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. He saved us. How? By the washing of of regeneration. Regeneration means we were dead, we were no good, he has saved us, he makes us a new creation in Christ, okay? So he already did that by the power of what Christ did on the cross, and by the renewing of, who was it? The Holy Ghost. Yeah, so we've seen the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost here as well. It's explaining how it is that all three persons of God, God is one, but in three persons, he saves us which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So, and, go ahead. And in the Bible, it says he shed his blood upon the cross. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We have that story. And it's just connecting what Jesus did with what the Holy Spirit is doing, what the Father has done to prove we have an amazing God that is before, in the middle, after, around all of our salvation. We have a good and powerful God. Amen. 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 All right, uh, one more reading. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience? Good, yeah. From dead works to serve the living God? And that's from Hebrews. So purge means clean out, get rid of all the bad impurities, and then your conscience is uh, your 
inner moral state. So whenever you commit sins, your conscience becomes made nasty. And so that needs to be purged, all right? So that happens through repentance. That happens through the eternal spirit. So look at this. How much more shall the blood of Christ, there's the second person, the Son, who through the eternal spirit, that's a third person, offered himself without spot to God. God the Father. Yeah. Once again, you have the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And because of what they have done for you and me, what God has done for you and me, we now can be purged of our sins and made pure and holy like God. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's see what else we've got here. Oh, my goodness. Okay, this really is the last reading. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> you can do it. Elect according to the foreknowledge Good. of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Okay. Good. That was the last reading. I'll do the the final thing here in a second. So elect, if you look at this, elect is those who are chosen. So I don't know if you know this or not, but you and I were chosen by God for salvation. So before you were even born, he said, I know and love that Susanna. She's made in my image, and I'm going to redeem her through my son, Jesus Christ. So you are elect according to God's foreknowledge. He knew you before me or your mama ever even knew you. Okay? So he, you are elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. So we have God the Father right there. Through sanctification of the Spirit, we have the second, per, the third person of the Trinity there, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. So there you have the second person, mm-hmm. uh, Jesus. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. So what it's focusing on there once again is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are all three combined in saving you and me. They love you and me. Uh, God has loved you and me since before we were born. They knew you and me. God knew you and me since before the world began. It's an amazing thing. So, anything else to say about this before we move on? What does multiplied mean? Do you know what multiplication is? That's a kind of math, math. but do you know what two times two is? Four. Very good. Two, two times. Right, exactly. So when you multiply something, you make it so much greater than it was before. So when we had just you as a child, we had just one child and you were a big presence, but now we have four children and another on the way. And almost five. Yeah. And so that's multiplying the number of Rickmans and our house is a lot louder than it used to be. So Ah. Yeah. So here, grace unto you and peace be multiplied is a blessing that God's peace that you already have would just be made greater and greater and greater. It's a wonderful blessing. So this all is going to be um, in light of the confession of faith, which we read a couple of weeks ago, but uh, this is referenced again, so I'm going to read over it just real quickly, and you'll see how it all fits together. Um, This is Article 1. We believe in the one true, holy, and living God, eternal spirit, who is creator sovereign and preserver of all things, visible and invisible. He is infinite in power, wisdom, justice, goodness, and love, and rules with gracious regard for the well-being and salvation of men, to the glory of his name. We believe in the one uh, that the one God reveals himself as the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, distinct but inseparable, eternally one in essence and power. 
you you see how that last language is exactly what we were dealing with. Yeah. So if we go back to the very beginning, there were so many slides today. Mm-hmm. What is the mystery of the Trinity, Susanna? God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, distinct but inseparable, eternally one in essence and power. Very good job today. We've covered a lot. And the main thing that is important is what we've already covered. If we are to be saved, then we need to know the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, because all three know and love us. Does that sound good to you? Yes, sir. Okay. Well, we are glad to be able to do this in front of a lot of other people. We hope that this has been a blessing to you. We know that these things go kind of long, and not many kids can hang on for this long. But the, as I've said before, and I'm saying again, this is mostly for adults to, to own your faith, and so that through sitting down with your kids or grandkids over several sessions, you can cover this material. And of course, if it is helpful for your kids or grandkids to watch Susanna process this stuff, then of course... Uh, let them watch. But the main thing here is that you learn your faith such that you can transmit it to others. It's worth sitting down. I've encouraged you before. I'll do it again. Memorize this stuff for yourself. This is good language. It's helpful in your faith walk. We're going to continue building on this foundation together. If you want to support me and Suzanne and what we're doing, I'm going to put a, a tag at the end here for our locals account, and you can donate to make this ministry and many others uh, possible for the Global Methodist Church. I'm also going through the Transitional Book of Doctrines and Discipline. I'm also interviewing a lot of Methodist thinkers and leaders, so my hope is that as we continue to do this, we will build up together the Global Methodist Church such that she is a a pure and blameless offering to Christ on the day of His return. Until then, God bless you. Thanks for your support and your engagement. We'll see you next week. Say bye, Susie. Bye-bye. All right. Bye, folks.